we find that Chazal asked the question, why didn't the Torah begin with the Pasuk HaKodesh HaZelachem? Why didn't the Torah begin with the first mitzvah that Klaishal were instructed as a nation? And that is the mitzvah of Kiddush HaKodesh. If that's the case, even though there were reasons why the Torah began with Parashas, but we have to understand there was at least a good half a minute. A good question to be, or case to be made for the argument that the Torah should have begun with the first mitzvah of HaKodesh HaZelachem. Now we understand as an element of the mitzvah that Klai Yisrael are in charge of sanctifying time, whether it's the Rosh Chodesh, the New Moon, and how everything depends on that, how the Yomim Tovim are a result of what Klai Yisrael decide, and how Kodesh Baruch Hu, so to speak, goes along with that. But there's another message here also. Part and part of this mitzvah. The Svanah is Medayek. Why does it say, HaKodesh Hazeh Lochem? This month should be for you a beginning of months. You could have just said, This month is the beginning of the month. What's the lachem for you? So we find later on in the past, in this parasha, when it talks about the word lachem, it talks about cooking on Yom Tov, and it says, Whatever's oichel nefesh, that can be done for you. And there what Lachem means is Lachem, whatever you want to use it for. You can cook, you can boil, you can bake, you can roast. However a person wants to eat his food, that's up to him. The Gemara says, Lachem, Lachol Tzorachaychem. Whatever you want to do with it. And if that's the case, when the Pasuk here, Fibsukim earlier says, this month is Lachem. This month is for you. The understanding of the you for you is Whatever you want to do with it. What does that mean? The Svana explains that this was the Chiddush. Since this was the month that Klai Yisrael were going to come out of Mitzrayim, this was the Nisan during which the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was going to take place. So what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling them is, from now on, your time is your own. Until now you were slaves. And as a slave, you don't have time. You can't decide what you want to do with your time. You can't get up in the morning and think, today I'm going to do this or today I'm going to do that because you're a slave. And your master is going to dictate to you what you're going to do. And you have no choice but to obey. And the symbol of freedom is that your time is your own. Your time is your own and you can decide how you want to spend it. And therefore the mitzvah begins with the pasuk, This month is yours. For the first time, you will have bailus, you will have ownership, you have the right to make decisions about your time. That's a symbol of freedom. But it's more than just a symbol of freedom. That's also a mitzvah which the Torah could have begun with. Because there's a very big principle over here. We know that an Eved Knani, even though he goes to some form of Gerus, and even though he's considered in that sense like a Jew, but nevertheless, he is potter from mitzvahs, which are time-based, like a lady. And you can ask the question, why? Why? Mishnah, for whatever reason, Hashem decided that a lady is potter from mitzvahs, as one grammar, time-based mitzvahs. But the Eved Knani is a man. And as a man, he should be chayv. If he's chayv in mitzvahs, he should be chayv in these mitzvahs too. 
what would the logical reason be to exempt him from the mitzvahs which are time-based? And this is the answer. Because in order to make him a time-based mitzvah, a person has to have time. And an Eved doesn't have time. His time is not his. And therefore you can't make him to put on tefillin between these and these hours of the day. Because it might be that he's been commanded by his master to do something else during those particular hours. And if that's the case, he's not able to fulfill it. His time is not his own. And therefore the Torah has to, permit, has to patter him, so to speak. It has to exempt him from mitzvahs which are based on time. And person learns Torah, a person who can make in the mitzvahs has to be somebody who's a ben khirin. Somebody who's free. Because then he has the time, is his, to make his decisions how he wants to spend it. And this brings us to a second point. This appreciation of time is the mark of a gadol. The Gemara says the difference between a cotton and a gadol is a person who can differentiate between something worthwhile to keep and he keeps it and something which is like a tzra, a pebble, he throws it away. Whereas if a person takes something valuable and he throws it away, he doesn't have enough dust. He's still called a cotton, he's not a ben dust. The sign of a gadol is he doesn't waste something which is valuable. And where is this more nagaya? Where is this more applicable to if a person uses his time or squanders his time? Whenever it talks about a child, it talks about a child playing. Now, I'm not discussing whether that's important for children or not, but the idea of playing, basically, is something which is an enjoyment of the moment. With no further goal than that. The word for playing in Hebrew is Shashua. The Malbim explains the word Shashua from the double word Sha. Sha. And the word Sha means to turn to. Like it says, Hashem didn't turn to Cain and his Korbanus when he didn't have Cain's Korban. It says, Hashem didn't turn to it. Something one person turns to is called Sha. And therefore the Malvim explains that the word for playing in Hebrew is Shia Shur. It's something which turns to itself. There's no longer term goal for what a person's doing. It's just the enjoyment of the present. That's what we call a game, a pastime. That's a, so to speak, activity of a child. And that's what we expect from a child. Children play. A godel? What's wrong with playing as a godel? And the answer is, what's wrong with playing is the misuse of time. Time is valuable. And a person who spends, wastes it, so to speak, on something meaningless, is ruining is 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 ruining the most valuable commodity he's been given. It's well known that Yaakov Kamenetsky used to give each of his grandsons on his bar mitzvah a gift. 
And he said, I'm giving you a gift, which is value is the most important thing in the world. I'm going to give him a watch. Why is a watch the most valuable gift in the world? He said, look at this watch. And remember to recognize, to take cognizance of time. Because if a person knows how to use it as time, and he, re- he understands and he values that the time he's been given is the most valuable gift in the world. So that's a sign of a godl. That's a sign of a bendas. A bendas is somebody who knows how to make the most of what he's been given. And therefore, somebody who knows how to maximize his time. It's not for nothing that the word we spoke about before, the word, like we said, to turn to something. And in the case of a game, it's to turn to it meaninglessly. Sha'a is the same word for an hour. Sha'a. When a person uses, turns to do with that time, is whether he's using it for something worthwhile or something which is just a sheer sure, something which is just the pastime, which has no lasting value. Now, what I want to talk about is whether we should force our children not to play. That's, like I said, they're still children. There's a second point over here. And that is how to impart or instill that there's value in time. Let me give you a marshal for what I mean. I was once talking to a certain principal in in South Africa. At a time when there were, as far as I remember, there were no yeshivas kudolis in the place. Schools, yes, but no yeshivas kudolis. And of course, they, they wanted to mechanech the students, having finished school, to move on to a yeshiva. The problem is, they have no yeshiva to point to. They have no role models there. So what is the idea? Maybe when the Yeshiva Bachrim, who have left their families to go to Yeshiva for this man, come back and bear his money, maybe now's the time for them to see what Yeshiva Bachrim looks like. But I didn't think that was a good idea. You're not seeing Yeshiva Bachrim at their best, shashtagging, working during Ben's money. If anything, that's a time when people aren't being as productive as as they could be. If that's the case, that's not a good showcase of what a Yeshiva is meant to be. And the other. You want to see what the power of Yimura Torah, of what Pnei Torah are like, you have to see during the best measures. You have to see what it looks like when the Ritcha Daraisa, when people are discussing a Sugya. That can give an indication, so to speak, of what it means to be a Ben Torah. The fact that you just see Bnei Torah during Ben Azmanim isn't a fair, so to speak, way of evaluating whether you want to be a Ben Torah or not. I'm just using this as a motion. Because it's not good for us here as well. And that is, someone who spends his time learning in the best measures. And he's a masmid, and he learns well. But time spent at home, he considers downtime, relaxation time. 
time where he doesn't have uh, uh, the, the periods where he doesn't have to be focused on every minute and what he's doing. He can take it easy. He can relax. And again, there's nothing wrong with that if a person needs it. But the point is, if that's what his children always see him as, then they're always going to see him in the position of somebody who's not using time well, or somebody who's not valuing time. And therefore, even when a person's at home, there should be a cheshpan to show that time has value. We don't just waste time. Because if that's the side of the father that the child sees, that's what he's going to relate to. You know, I heard a story from a certain Rav. He's actually a very busy man. There's a certain test they can do with little children that they ask them to draw a picture of their parents and they can see exactly how the child perceives the parent. And so this particular Rav told me that this one little girl had gone for this test. So she also drew a picture of her mother. And again, it's indicative of how the child sees a parent and the way she saw a mother was draw a picture of the mother holding onto the telephone. Which you can understand, that's what she was used to seeing. A mother on a call. And then just also draw a picture of her father. So she drew a picture of him sleeping in bed. So that's even shocked. Like, that's her impression of, uh, of him as he's always sleeping in bed. But then he thought that, you know, he used to was used to take a, a short nap in the middle of the day during lunchtime, and that was when the time when his daughter always used to come home from gun. So ever she came to the house, she saw her father sleeping in bed. And that was her impression: the father sleeping in bed. Now, was he wrong? No, for sure not. The person needs to do what they need to be able to, to work at an optimal level. But it just brings out a certain point. We don't want our children to think of us like that. The way they see us is sleeping always. The way they see us is always wasting time. The way they see us is when we, so to speak, in our not serious mode. We want to be able to impart this rule also, the value we place on time and on doing and on achieving, and not just we seen as in the, so to speak, mindset or in the framework of when we're wasting time. For our own, we shouldn't be wasting time. But this shouldn't be the way we always envisage by our children. That's our first point. There's a second point I want to talk about also, which is the gate to time. And that is the exact opposite. Sometimes people are busy. And therefore, when it comes to doing mitzvahs, when it comes to davening, when it comes to being as part of a tzibur for a tefillah, so the feeling they give off and the attitude they convey is, we're in a big rush. We have to hurry up. We have to finish this. There's too much to do. Whether it's true or it's not true is another question. There's a famous story of the Chafetz Chaim that he asks why people, when they're davening, were in a big rush to finish there's so much to do. And as soon as they can, they take the turn off and they're out the door before the last Kaddish. They're in a rush. They have to get to work. They have things to do. And then just outside the door of the shul, they meet a friend. And they have time to stop and talk for 10 minutes. What happened? 
You're in such a rush. Isn't there a chance to listen to Kaddish? How can we have time to talk to a friend? Okay, but it's a aura now, conduct from the Lachavet time. That's not the point I wanted to talk about. And that is, if the attitude that a person has to mitzvah us is he's in a rush, he's in a rush, he has to finish, he has to finish. So then it gives the attitude that it's not something important, not something which is worth spending time on. Something which has to get done so that a person can spend time on more important things. Now, even without going into what the more important things might be, but if that's the attitude that the child gets to davening, it's something we do in a rush, and you have to finish and get out as quick as can, we can. So even if they have nothing more important to do, they don't have such a full schedule. They have the free time. But the attitude during mitzvahs is something which has to be done quickly and gotten over with. Then it's going to affect them as well. Adab. The time we spend on mitzvahs is valuable time. And it's tough when it comes to a mitzvah. A person should show that they have all the time in the world that it takes to do a mitzvah properly. Whether it's at the Seder table, whether it's at the Shabbos table. If we're in a rush to finish the surah so we can go to sleep, we're in a rush to finish the surah so we can read a book, or whatever it's going to be, or even to an extent, if we're in a rush to finish the surah so that we can go and learn, it's not always a good thing. Rav Shachstens always used to say that his son didn't turn out to be a Talmud Chacham, while even though he was a, the premier of Shashiva of his time, and his neighbor's sons did turn out to be Talmud Chacham, even though he wasn't nearly on Rav Shach's stature. Because I used to rush the suitors to learn Rambam, and I used to spend the time singing his mirrors. The time we spend doing mitzvahs, and showing that a mitzvah is valuable enough to give it time, to spend time on it, is an important lesson. The time we spend preparing for mitzvahs, the time we spend building the sukkah, the time we spend cleaning the house before Pesach, the time we spend preparing for Shabbos. The fact that a person is willing to invest time in something, when time is a valuable commodity, gives that thing value. And if a person's attitude to mitzvahs is he's in too much of a rush, and he doesn't have time for it, or he'll do it as quickly as he can, then he's conveying a certain feeling of zilzul, a certain feeling of disrespect, of disinterest in what he's doing. The fact that a person is prepared to show that this is something which is worth my time, that's already a powerful lesson that something is important. And, if we're in that topic, children themselves. There's a famous, maybe, martial story, I don't know if it did or didn't happen, of a child who said he used all his money, his savings, and he came to his father and he said, you want to give him all his money, can I buy an hour of your time? It's a powerful story, whether it didn't happen. But the same you saw holds true. And that is, in a world where we're busy and there's lots to do, then the way we show something's valuable is we prepare to use time on it. Again, for the person who's wasting time, then there's no meaning to what a person does. Instead of sitting on the couch doing nothing, Instead of just letting time pass, so the fact that the person like that doesn't necessarily value time. But for a person who is busy and does have what to do with time, 
just like we said, spending time on mitzvahs is a powerful indication of how important the mitzvah is. Same thing, spending time on the child is a very strong message to that child, you're important. My time is valuable, but I have time for you. I have time for you. And that's also an important message you want to convey. We don't want to show that time is a commodity which you have endless amounts of and have nothing to do with. It's something we do have a lot to do with. But on our scale of priorities, our children rank very high. And if that's the case, if it's going to be a question of spending time with them, then that's a good use of the time. It's time well spent. And when you give me a point, make this point. I've got lots to do. There's so many things waiting for me. But it's important for me to spend the time with you. It's important for me to spend time talking to you or doing chazara on your schoolwork with you or being there to listen to you. Because when time becomes a valuable commodity, then how much time you spend on somebody is a symbol of how much you value them. One last message on this idea of time. Like we said, time is something which we want to train ourselves to use well. And therefore, even with children, we shouldn't get the, let them get into the habit of wasting time for nothing. As two children aren't surveyed mitzvahs, and children can have fun, and children can play games, whatever it's going to be. We don't have to interfere with that. But one thing is, we shouldn't train our children to get into the habit of doing nothing. Of doing nothing. A person who gets into the habit in the middle, the bad middle, of destroy, of killing time. It's a middle of atlas, it's a middle which is hard to get out of. They might not have to learn. But giving something productive to do. That's still a good use of time. And we say, well, just wait around, just hang around and do nothing. Just... No, I'm busy and I'll, I'll, I'll have time for you in an hour and what should I do until then? Nothing. It's not a good thing. It trains people just to do nothing. Whether they're old enough to help with something, whether they're old enough to entertain themselves, or even though they're old enough to play, to play with a game on their own. But at least to some extent it's utilizing the time. To train someone to waste time, to do nothing with time, is a big tragedy. Like we said before, that the side of a person who knows, knows how to make the most of what he's given is a person who can make use of his time. The sign of a child is the The child plays. He uses time just as a, to pass as a pastime without directing it. But if we can teach our children by example that we value time. And if we value time, then we show what's important by what we value enough to spend time on. Mitzvahs, the children themselves, that's a powerful lesson. And last thing, they should never be in a position that, we, that they could train, just let time pass. That's another two hours to let them just, just do nothing. Just waste time. There's a famous story about the Shaykh Asari just before he died. He was learning... And the Kabbalim asked him if he wants to, if he wants to, you know, say the video, which is normally said before a person dies. Shaykh Arya said, I've nothing to say video for. He said, I never had time to do an aver. And that's a, amazing, he said. A person never had time to do an aver. 
because like the Vilna Gaon writes, that if a person does chasvashom do it's not just the Averi he gets punished for. It's also the time he wasted doing it. When time becomes a valuable commodity, when something a person decides how to use how to dish out as a resource. And if a person has the principle of this month is going to be yours. You're now no longer an avid, you're now a free person. You now can decide how to use your time. And that's a place to start the tariff from. When a person's in charge of the time, and he can make the most of it and develop it to the fullest.